What's going on? Welcome to Don't Cut Me Off, Let Me Finish. I am the one and only G Weave. Ready to get it in today. Have a conversation. So let's get it started. Yeah. Sandra bagging CDs in a bubble wrap. People recognize me from the TV, but I'm done with that. People don't want to see me succeed. This shit What's going that. on, y'all? Welcome to the podcast. Today I'm gonna be grinding my gears. You know I love to grind my gears, man. Got a couple things I'm gonna grind my gears about before I get into my topic about mental preparation. Mental preparation, man. When it comes to these games you have to be locked in you can't just be out here doing whatever man it's all about winning that ring so you have to be in championship mode at all times and why it's important and the difference between a champion and someone is just happy to be there so let's get it kicking so today guys i'm grinding my gears about of course stephen naismith talking about the lakers should strongly consider trading lebron james now, first of all, that train has done passed. Ain't no trading LeBron James at this moment and at this time. You had a season that was unsuccessful because a good majority of that season, one of your key assets was hurt. Another asset didn't fit. And LeBron was left carrying the weight. A lot of bad decisions was made. But still, they have an opportunity to come back next year, put something together, and try to figure it out. After one year, because the Lakers don't make the playoff, it ain't time to blow it up. These are seasoned players. They are all-stars, future Hall of Famers. I know I get on Russ, but Russ is a good player, but I believe coming into next year that it's going to be a totally different team. Now, if the Lakers decide to move on from Russ, which I don't see how that's possible because he has a player option. So I know he's going to sign that. So if they're going to trade him, they can find a trade partner, get some good assets back, then that's cool. But other than that, as far as them thinking about trading LeBron James, that's not going to happen. Unless Le- LeBron uh, acts for a trade, then that's something different. But LeBron is trying to win. So his frustration comes in. Because he's not in the playoffs right now. He's not used to that. He's not used to not being into the playoffs. And he already let it be known that that won't happen again. So of course I can understand LeBron being frustrated. But I don't understand Stephen Naismith talking about the Lakers trading LeBron James. That's just ludicrous and dumb. It don't make sense. But like I said, sometimes you talk just to talk. So the Lakers just need to reset just like a lot of these teams and get the right pieces in place put Russ in a situation to get successful and that's all it really take and uh, of course find the right coach because that's what it's all about and then you hear you know they got Phil Jackson uh, trying to help in the coach search but in the end what is that going to do if you ain't got Phil Jackson willing to come in there and coach the team trying to find a coach 
for that particular team, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you're going to have to find somebody that's good at uh, dealing with talent uh, that don't fit at times and being able to put a system in play for everybody to be successful. LeBron, AD, Russ, and then get some other young pieces around there. You're going to have to shift some of them older players out. Carmelo is done. Uh, you're just going to have to get some young pieces in there. Like I said, they traded off a lot of their assets. That's what they wanted to do. They and they pushed all their chips to the middle of the table. It paid off. They got a championship. But when you're doing that, you lose a lot of your future assets. And they understood that when they traded away all those players that they traded away that are now successful. Uh, I don't think LeBron was willing to wait for them to grow. I think he wanted to fast track uh, his rings because that's what he's on. And more power to the brother because you know he's about the championships and he's always locked in. Even though I say uh, a lot of things about LeBron, LeBron is one of the greatest players, top three of all time. I just like Jordan better, but LeBron is still great. Either or, you can't go wrong. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's just... Stephen A just need to stop stop talking, man. Go to Miami. Go focus. Go focus on Miami because you're sure not focusing in on your craft. That's for sure. And as far as um, moving on from that, as far as uh, that uh, going on to the next, where you know I'm going to talk about um, Ryan Tannehill from the Tennessee Titans, who said he's not here to be a mentor to Malik. The funny thing about that is, he right. And the reason I say that, look at the situation with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. The first thing that Aaron said is, I'm not here to coach anybody or teach somebody to take my job as a professional. As a professional, why would I? teach or help somebody to take my job what I can do for a person is lead by example and that's what Ryan Tannehill can do to think that this person the starting quarterback who watches them basically draft his replacement is going to be willing to train this person to take your job is foolish you can watch me I'll have a friendship we're going to get along in the quarterback room but as far as me helping you to figure things out. You're going to have to learn the same way I learned. You're going to have to watch. Watch and learn. See how I am as a professional. Watch how I play. Go watch video. Go watch tape. That's how you get better. Put in reps. Tannehill can speak to him all he want. It ain't going to help him get better. He got to get better on his own. He got to practice on his own. So I don't have no problem with uh, Ryan Tannehill not being willing to mentor Malik Willis is, is really nothing, nothing wrong with that at all, you know, so I, I don't see a problem with that, <laughs> you know, keep, 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 keep it moving, man, I wouldn't do it either, man, sit and watch, sit and watch, bro, I ain't finna help you take my job, not at all, got me messed up in, the, in this, in this camp, moving on from that, uh, Dylan Brooks, you heard, um, Steve Kerr, uh, basically insinuate that the man was trying to hurt him on purpose. Now, I'm not going to take it that far. Dylan probably could have, you know, I don't know. 
I ain't gonna say that his intent was, I'm finna break his arm. That's exactly what I'm finna do. And when you make those type of statements, like with Steve Kerr, you can make that man, Dylan Brooks, a target. Uh, with somebody trying to hurt him. You know, because they think he's a dirty player. I don't ever, and I ain't never heard of Dylan Brooks being a dirty player. It ain't never been said that he's a dirty player. But I have heard of Draymond Green being a dirty player. So, you know, on that note, you know, I can't say that he did it on purpose. I, I'm going to say that, it, you know, it could have been avoided. But I'm not going to say his intent was to hurt. And Steve Kerr need to be careful on how he choosing his words. You know, like, again, you know, you think you so, you know, you, you, you at a point where you're competing. It's basketball. It's going to be like that. It's very intense. Every possession is important. It's the playoff. It's ratcheted up. You know, so I'm not going to say the intent was to hurt. I'm going to say, yeah, it could have been avoided. Yes, it could have. But was the intent to hurt? No, nah, man. I just don't really, really, really believe that that man had his intention was when Gary go up, I'm gonna take him out the air and break his arm. That's that's what I'm about to get ready to do. Could it have been avoided? Sure, it could have. And when accidents like that happen, sometimes you know, yeah, it could have been avoided. But in the heat of the moment, sometimes you just playing, man. You trying to stop a play. You know. You, you can tell when somebody blatantly is trying to hurt somebody. Like, when you just blatantly hit somebody, you just see a forward punch. Like, you really trying to take them down, you know? And then a lot of that is built up throughout the game. A lot of chirping probably has been going on. And the next thing you know, you see punches flying. But other than that, man, that's what I wanted to grind my gears about. I ain't going to spend too much time on it. I'm going to get into this topic, which is mental toughness, mental toughness and staying focused. So let's get into it. So I'm looking at these players, man, and your 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 goal, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, the goal is to win a championship. And every single player on in the playoffs right now all need to be locked in. So what baffles me is Draymond Green takes the time to do a podcast in the middle of a playoff run. Now Mind you, you'll get blowback from people talking about, well, you know, he can do whatever you want to do, or you, you know, people don't like criticism. So me criticizing or anybody criticizing somebody, when you when you're an emotional person or you feel some type of way, you will respond emotionally. But logically speaking, think about this: I'm in the playoffs, I'm locked in, man. The last thing on my mind is trying to do some type of podcast. I'm trying to get back into the lab, trying to figure out what I can do to be better the next game. What can I do to help us win, or if we already won, to continue to win so we can go to the next round? I'm not thinking about talking about life topics. And this ain't got nothing to do with old school and new school. You think about the competitive players that you can name when you're in the playoffs, man, you're locked in. You're supposed to be locked in. You can't be distracted. You got to stay focused. You're trying to win a ring. Your podcasting, your outside endeavors, that can wait. I'm not paying you to be distracted if I'm an owner. I'm paying you to stay focused 
on what you need, what your job is to do, which is to defend and make our offense run and be the heart of our team. I don't need you going back and giving insight of the game. No, we don't need to do that. You think Kobe Bryant is trying to focus on going back and talking on a podcast? No. He's trying to figure out how the hell we lost this game or how we can figure out how we can keep putting our foot on the throat of this team. That's what he's trying to figure out. He's trying to figure out how to how we can how we can be more physical, how we can dominate this team, how we can lock up their best players. He's not thinking about getting done with a game, going on a podcast, and talking about what's going on in the game and talking about other things. That's not the playoffs and not his focus. It ain't no such thing. Oh, well, I can multitask. That ain't the point. The point is you need to focus on the series 100%. You have the freedom to do as you please, but as a professional, focus on winning and beating the team that's in front of you. Because sometimes... You can be so distracted of all these other things on the outside that you ain't got a level head to be in the game. You got to stay level headed. It is folk and, and stay focused. Players need to understand you're trying to win a championship. You don't have time to be doing nothing else but that. You got all the time in the world to do everything else. All the time in the world. I'm just saying it's just facts you don't see players that's trying to win championships doing stuff like that you don't see Giannis on no podcast trying to do a podcast and Draymond is a, a, an extravagant person he talks loud he talks crazy he have something to say I always have a comment back want to be more you know I, 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 I can say something in response to what you're saying it ain't got nothing to do with none of that. It's just got something to do with, with you just being locked into the playoffs. Period. Shut the outside world in. Focus on what's in front of you. Period. We hear you enough on the court. We hear you enough uh, when the game is over at the mic. We don't need to hear you even more after that. Stay locked in. All these teams, all these players, you don't see a lot of these players uh, doing things like that. You see a lot of these players trying to figure out how to win, but then you also see a lot of players that's just distracted. Worry about how good they look coming in through the door. I'm just saying Mamba mentality is real, and not that many players in this generation has the Mamba mentality. And the Mamba mentality is you are locked in. You are not being distracted. Your family at this moment in these playoffs, you're going to communicate, you're going to talk, but they understand, look, right now this is the playoffs. I'm trying to bring home a championship. I'm trying to do what I got to do to beat this team in front of me. I don't have time for anything else. The only time you're going to hear me talking is after the game. 
you ain't gonna hear from me again you ain't gonna see me again until the game comes back on tv other than that i'm gonna be in the gym i'm gonna be watching film i'm gonna figure out how to be better than than i was the last game i don't have talk time to talk talk about what's going on out in society or what just happened in the game I know it's a great insight to be able to come off the floor and get back and talk and, yeah, you know, the game was this and the refs. No, what that also does is it also kind of, you know, puts the NBA in a tough situation. Because if you can get on there and talk about how a call is bad, okay, now you kind of getting on the refs. What are you trying to do, get them to ref differently? Or how this play or why, why why the ejection was wrong. You know, again, you are inadvertently also backhand kind of shitting on the NBA when you do that. Most players, you get fined when you talk about the refs or you do anything or try to shed a negative light on the way the game was called or how the game is going. You know, you don't want to make it look like that's what you're trying to do. That's why it's best for you just to be quiet about the situation and just stay focused in on the game. man. But this is a generation of sensitive people. You cannot criticize without somebody feeling some type of way. That's just a fact. You watch a lot of these players have very thin skin. You know? They really do. It takes a lot to get some of these players to even budge. Giannis doesn't move. I don't. LeBron moves sometimes, but he's pretty much locked in. He really don't care what nobody say. He keep doing his thing. LeBron is as not successful. He's oh he's successful for a reason rather. Every now and then he'll come off. He'll respond, but nine times out of ten he's locked in. When you watch players like Dwayne Wade, locked in. Shaq, locked in. You know, Shaq was very active you know, outside of basketball, but during the season, and he was locked in to win a championship. And Shaq was recording, doing music, but he did those type of things sometimes, you know, on the side. You know? Nobody's telling you guys not to party, have fun, but you at least make it look like, you know, your focus is the championship. And that's the whole goal. You know, just stay locked in. You got the whole summer to podcast and to talk about the season after the season is over. Because one thing you don't want to do is mess around and give somebody bulletin board material. And Draymond, he will give you bulletin board material. Just not just 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 last year, man. Y'all was weak, and of course the excuses was you were injured. But everybody has that excuse. And then as soon as you get back on your feet, you wanna talk crazy and, and pump your chest. But it wasn't like that last year. Y'all was out of there. Y'all wasn't nowhere in the championship conversation. 
now y'all pretty much fully healthy and y'all look like a contender. Now it's back to talking slick. But this is the same team that couldn't win when Kevin Durant got hurt. So pump your brakes, stay locked in, stay focused, and come at this season differently. Don't do the same stuff. You got to be mentally focused on the games, nothing else. We all know you guys are rich, and you can do what you want to do, and you got power. But that ain't got nothing to do with you being paid by a team to do your job. It ain't it ain't infringing on your freedom of speech. It's just saying it kind of shows what type of player you are. And no one says you don't get on the floor and give it your all because we all know that. But we don't need to hear anything from you that ain't got nothing to do with staying locked in with your team, walking lock and step, trying to get this ring and trying to focus on winning the series. Podcasting can wait. Great idea, though. But like I said, some of the greatest players in the world, when the playoffs came, man, these dudes were like machines. And then, you know, I ain't going to go into where the new generation is different. New generation is different. But as you can see, the players that are winning the championships are the players that has the Mamba mentality. Not the players that say, hey, it's just basketball. Hey, you know, life is, you know, there's a lot more things going on in life. We know that already. But you're an employee. You have a job. <laughs> your job is to do it. And part of your job description is not podcasting. It's playing basketball for the Golden State Warriors, period. There's so many uh, uh, things that can really mess up a season for teams out here. And it's when you can't get all your players to be locked in. And that's the job of the coach. The coach have to set standards, have to set bars. Going into the playoffs, look, stay off social media. Stay locked in. Stay in the film room. Let's work hard during practice. Let's hope that have that carry over to the game. When the season is over, we can sit back, laugh. Hopefully we don't want a championship, have a drink, party, do a podcast, whatever. Party, whatever you want to do. Go on vacation, take trips, whatever. Indulge in movies and all this stuff after the season. And what's wrong with saying that? Because you're hired. You're a hired employee. And the coach, as a leader, as a championship leader, you set the standard. You set what you expect. And then when you get a player that defies or don't want to abide by what you're asking, so if you're asking them to stay off social media, stay locked in, let's focus on just practicing, getting our getting our reps in as far as uh, shots and de- playing, playing uh, putting a game plan together, watching film, and getting ready to go for the next game. If that offends you, then 
you ain't the type of player that they need on that team. Because during the regular season, it's a game by game. You can get away with some of the stuff you're doing. But this is the playoffs. When you're out, you're out. And the goal for every single team when they start the season is to win a championship. Build a roster. Get that chemistry. Be focused and locked in. That is the goal for every single team. You can't tell me it's not. But it's up for, up to the coach to get his team, 1 through 12 or 15, mentally ready to go and set the bar. And just hoop. You listen to KD. He just want to hoop. I love that statement. Man, enough of the talking. Let's hoop. When you're dealt a bad hand, it's a bad hand. Ain't nothing you can do about it. You put that hand down, you already know you ain't beating shit. You're losing. When you're dealt a good hand, you're winning. And when it comes to good and bad hands in the NBA or any sport, it's health. If you can't get the roster that you that you put together that you feel can win a championship, if that roster is not fully healthy or you lose one or two important pieces, you're screwed. If you drive an engine without the oil, you're screwed. The oil is important. The coach has to take accountability that he is the leader of the men no matter whether the players are getting paid more than you or not. It doesn't matter. That's why you need mentally tough coaches. You don't need, I'm a player's coach. Okay. Okay. What that mean? Does that mean you let players run over you? Does that mean you don't challenge your players to be better? What does that mean? Because the type of coaches that I've seen that don't give a hell and they tell you to sit your ass down and don't give a care about nothing else are coaches like Popovich, Phil Jackson, Mark Jackson, Eric Spolster. Those type of coaches where they're not bending for the player. I'm paying you to do a job. You go do that job. If you can't do that job and you want to sit and battle me, sit your ass down. Larry Brown. These are no-nonsense coaches. They want you to be ready mentally and physically to play the game and do the game plan. All these outside distractions move around. You have to be utterly world great to get by with that. Like Dennis Rodman was just out of the world, out of world greatly on defense and a disrupt a disruptor on the floor. He had to be managed a certain way by the Zen master. And he did it masterfully because he knew he couldn't get him to stop doing the things that he preferred him not to do. So he did what he had to do in his best way to keep him locked in. But that's a different type of creature, Dennis Rodman is. These players nowadays, you're getting so much money so fast 
and again, not hating, but what I'm saying is it can get you to the point where you lose focus on what help you to make that money. When you're, bro- when you're broke all your life and you finally got financial freedom, you got to remember what got you that freedom. Because you can start from the slums and make it to the pent- hit, penthouse in the sky, but you also can fall from that penthouse back to the slums by not staying focused on what got you to the penthouse in the first place. Society is as simple as ABC. And when I say that, this is what I mean. You control and dictate what you do every single day. At your job. And in life. So if I signed a contract for $5 million. And I know what got me there was hard work. I'm going to maintain the hard work because I know if I continue to work hard, I will reap the benefits of my labor. I shall be rewarded. And in sports, that bodes true. If you can do well on one contract, you got an opportunity to get another and maybe another. And we're not talking about a little bit of money. We're talking about generational, life-changing money. A million dollars is a lot of money. I don't care what nobody says. You can work with a million dollars. You can make good decisions with a million dollars. You can stretch that million dollars. You can live off that million dollars for the rest of your life. So imagine someone getting $20 million, $15 million, $10 million, $5 million. You can't tell me it doesn't change your way of thinking unless you're already a humble person. That's why it takes someone to come in to mold the mind of someone to get them to think like, hey, forward think. I understand about living in the moment. You only live once. But forward think. Don't take on the live fast, die young mentality. Take on the live fast. Have fun, but be smart. Invest. Stay mentally locked in to what got you your success. It's nice to have nice things. But it's dumb to lose those things through foolishness and stupidity. Live within your means. A millionaire can't live like a billionaire. The dollars, the numbers don't work. A person that's making $10 an hour can't do the same thing a person making 20 You can't have the same thing. It's just that's common sense. In order to get my whole team on the whole on the same page, it's the same philosophy. You have the highest paid players that's making $30 million. And then you go down, you have what they they call your bottom feeder players, where they might be making six and five. So the $30 million players feel like they can do and don't have to listen to the coach and don't have to do what you say because they're making more money than not only the coach, 
everybody else on the team. But that doesn't bode true. You're being paid for what you're putting out. And if you're putting out at a high rate, I'm going to pay you based off that. But also, you still have to stick to the core values of you still have to work hard. You still have to perform. And you're still not bigger than the organization or the coach or the GM. You're a valuable piece, but it doesn't make you bigger than the team. And when you begin to think that way, you can't be coached. No one can say anything to you. You are now a sensitive person when someone criticizes. You can't accept or take criticism. And it's different types of criticism. It's nonsense criticism. It's uh, tear you down or speak down on your criticism, which Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith like to do. And it's constructive criticism, something that Jalen Rose does. Something that Shannon Smith does or Shannon Sharp does at times. Sometimes he says nonsense, but he says more makes more good sense than nonsense. When I talk about being a leader is taking hold of your team and, and molding them in the shape of you. If your team is all over the place, then the coach nine times out of ten is all over the place. And it's evident. I heard a Doc Rivers comment. He talked about metrics. Let's just forget all that. It's just simple basketball. Simple X's and O's. Visualize. You see the game. You know the players. They're in practice. You're not in a good place if you're down 2-0 in a series. You're in a bad place. You're on the brink of elimination. You're in a must-win situation. You can't make those type of statement, statements. You have to keep it 100. We're not in a good place. We have to do better. Or we're going to get put out. If we don't improve on making our shots, it's not just good enough that we have open looks. You have to make those shots. Because if we keep playing the way we're playing, guys, we're going to lose. James Harden, I'm going to need you to step up. We need you right now. We need MVP James Harden. We cannot continue to have you scoring 16 to 20 points. We need 35 to 40 out of you. That's not going to cut it. You are a superstar player. I believe in you, but you need to step it up. And I and the coaching staff need to figure out a way to get you involved. Because the one-on-one -on -one basketball, ISO step back, that's not going to get it. We got to get more creative. We got to get you to the line. We got to get you open looks. We got to run you off screens. That's what Doc Rivers needs to be doing. Not lying to his team, telling him that he's everything is okay and I'm in a good place. I think we're in a good place. Down 2-0. That's just a false narrative. And as a leader, that's like leading a 
army to slaughter. Telling your men, we're going to be fine. We're going to pull through. Knowing that you're outnumbered and outgunned. And knowing that you're about to lead them to slaughter. That's just not honesty. When you're the general, you have to be honest. And when you're outnumbered, you have to have strategy. How can we win this situation that we're clearly outmanned? That's where you see the masters of game planning and strategizing. That's what a coach's job is. Watch film. Figure it out. Figure out what's going on. Make your adjustments. Implement. And go play. When you see teams going on runs, you stop the run. Cool it off. Call a timeout. Don't let them go on a 20-0 run. Once they go on a 10-0 run, it's time to call a timeout. Time to button something up. But again, when you don't have the pieces to be able to play the game, it can be difficult. You got to have the talent. No talent, no wins. One person or two people alone can't do it. You have to have more than that. That's why I say you can't have the false narrative that it's okay. Oh, it's not okay. You're not fine. You are in trouble. If you would have split, then you're okay. But anybody that's down 2-0, you're in trouble. When the Bucks went down 2-0, they were in trouble. And they understood. We cannot lose these next two games. The gravity of the situation was great. And they locked in and they secured both of those wins to go on to win the championship. That's what it's about. Budenhauser was able to lead his team back and win four straight games. And put himself in a situation where he's no, look, no longer looking like a buffoon when it comes to coaching. Because that was the, his Achilles heel. He overcame that. Doc got to keep it 100. Doc has been blessed. He's been in blessed situations. It's unfortunate that only one situation worked out because he's been around Hall of Fame players and he's had great teams. And I'm hoping that he gets over the hump because Doc is not a bad coach. I just think sometimes you can get too comfortable on on leaning on superstars and you lose the the zest of being half, having to really coach. Like you look at Pop, Pop don't have nobody. He's he's he is really coaching and he's saying he's enjoying it. Because you you know when you have the superstars all the time, it makes it it makes your coaching job easy. Ask Phil. You go from Jordan and Pippen to Shaq and Kobe. What?
Think about a coach like Larry Brown. When he was coaching Detroit, won that championship. He was coaching. He was That was some coaching. When he went up against that all-star Laker team, that's some coaching. That's some that's some strategizing. That's some that's some in the lab. That's some coming up with game plans to 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 stop that team. When he had Philly, led another team to a to a championship. That's coaching. When he only had one legit superstar player, that's coaching. But when you have multiple stars, more than two. Life can be easy, but you you don't have the zest to coach because you have enough to where you don't have to do much. You can just sit down and watch. I think you should maintain that same coaching when you don't have stars when you get them. That means you maintain coaching at a high level at all times, and you take that no-nonsense approach. Now Doc is saying we need, we have to. He's not singling out anybody. I wish he would have did that before with Ben Simmons. Because I believe with Ben Simmons, they'll be in a better situation than with James Harden. Because James Harden, for some reason, he don't tap in or he doesn't play well in the playoffs. And no coach has figured out how to help him to get better at at playing in the playoffs. I don't know if it's a mental thing. We don't know. But I believe... James Harden can get better in the playoffs. I'm not going to say what a man is worth, but I don't think anybody's going to invest into James Harden if he can't put out in the most important time, which is the playoffs. You think about it. You're being play, paid for future performances. So you get paid in the playoffs. You get, I mean, you get paid in the regular season, and they're also visualizing that you're going to be performing at an even higher level when the playoffs come and it's the opportunity to win the championship. Your regular season play alone dictates how much money you're going to get because you become you can be a superstar in the regular season. But then do you become a transcending or uh, uh, or better than your regular season player in the postseason? So if you're averaging, like I said, 25, you should be averaging 30 to 35. You have to take it up a notch. You have to do better than what you did in the regular season. That's the future games. That's the future that they're looking at. They're investing in the playoffs. I'm investing in his players for what he has showed me in the regular season, that I'm going to get that and even more in the playoffs because he's going to be better in the playoffs knowing that a championship is on the line. That's why mental toughness, it starts at the coaching. If your leader is not mentally tough, then the team, nine times out of ten, is not going to be mentally tough. If the leader shows cracks, then the team is going to show cracks. And when you have cracks, that means a lot of backstabbing, a lot of side talking, a lot of not being a grown man, because when you got a problem with another grown man, you should be able to talk to that grown man to their face. Not on no talk show, not on no podcast, not behind their back, but in behind closed doors, face-to-face like a grown man. That's what grown men do. Twitter, uh, Twitter thumbs, and Facebook, and TikTok. See, this is a way to be able to talk slick without confronting the person that you're talking slick about. So you can be over in Georgia and talk crazy about somebody that's in Europe. 
That's weak. That's 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 the signs of a weak person. As a man, you talk. You hash it out. Get on the phone. Talk. Don't nobody got to see you talk. You ain't got to prove nothing. I like when things get done behind the scenes. I like things that people that do stuff that don't nobody even know. Some people want the fame. Some people want the recognition. Look at me. And some people are just genuine, man. LeBron is a genuine guy. He truly helping his city. And he's truly helping people. And he has a legit opinion about how he views things. And don't nobody have to agree. Because that's his views and how he feels. That's what's beautiful about the United States. You have a choice. You can take and blaze your own path. But again, man, always, I love talking to you guys. It's always, it's always been a pleasure. G-Weave is always going to be in the building. Keep it pushing. Other than that, I'm going to just say, man, have a blessed day. Have a good Friday. And I hope that all is well for you guys. Peace and love. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, feeling young, but they treat me like the OG. And they want the tea on me, I swear these bitches nosy. Said he put some money on my head, I guess we gon' see. I won't put no money on his head, my niggas owe me. I gotta be single for a while, he can't control me. Uno blows trace in a race, they can't hold me. And I show my face in the